Hello and welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We are back for the fifth episode of Severance. This one entitled The Grim Barbarity of Optics and Design, written by Anna Oyang Monek and directed by, uh, is it Afi? Maybe? Afi? <laughs> McArty? Uh, or McArdle. I can't see if that's an L or an E. I think it's an L. I love this episode. I love this show so much every time. Even when I'm just like, ugh. Even when characters are frustrating me, it's just so good. It's so good. Every time it goes off, I'm like, no, I want more. So that is definitely the mark of I am so all in. I know this review is a little late. My weekend plans got a little convoluted. Uh, <laughs> family took some swerves on me even today. I'm like, okay, you guys just really really don't warn people They're like i need a week heads up right to plan out my life but they're not about that lifestyle so here i am giving this review about two days late however i am happy to finally be here before we do jump into the recap wherever you listen to this podcast podbean stitcher itunes spotify go down to the rating section drop some stars leave a review my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe and if you want to send feedback for severance or any of the other shows that we do blackercouch at gmail.com so i think we're going to start with heli and her situation then we're going to go to audi mark and then we're going to go to the any section because most of the episode focused there so ellie's suicide attempt i mean the way this episode was directed was just brilliant uh there's there's i can throw a lot of terms out there but that sums it up pretty much so i love the way the cameras were showing why is that one guy never at his fucking desk you're fucking fired bob because that is fucking terrifying that she went upstairs and uh or went up the elevator and then moved from audi to any and until she explained at the end of the episode what her intentions were I was starting to go back to being frustrated with Heli. I'm like, I need you to take action. But then when she explained what she was doing, I thought that I was like, okay, now I'm back on board with Heli. <laughs> Cause that's some shit that, that I'm talking about. You know, um, I want from, I be in, I love the character. That's what and my friend was talking to me about it. She's like, sounds like you hate Heli uh, every time you listen. I'm like, what? I love Heli. I get frustrated with Heli because I like Harry Heli so much and I, I connect with her so much that I want to see other things from her um, like a little bit of sleuth however I'm, I'm definitely do not hate the character <laughs> or dislike her I do think she does come from a different background than the rest of everyone that resides here and that's what I'm meaning by you know, there's certain people that if you're born to a certain uh, mind frame, it can translate over. And I'm basing that primarily on Mark's characterization. His innie and his Audi are rather uh, the same persona wise. And thus, if she is this stubborn, uh, a little, you know, <laughs> there, there's things that make me believe 
to sum it up that she comes from a much more privileged background than everyone else i think that is the gist of where i'm going when i'm trying to think of her characterization i may not use the right words because that's not new uh (laughs) but i do like what they're doing showing what it's like to be from the ground up at this place and how you're for the most part psychologically trained to be here and find your comfort there more so than you actually enjoy being there you have to find that thing that makes you want to continue to exist or survive so when i was viewing heli the idea that she would just give up to me wasn't consistent with the person that that i was connecting to uh and i just wanted her to be a little bit more playing the game but i also understand perfectly the idea of just emotions leading the way which is what she did with this suicide attempt it was mainly she wanted her her audi to suffer which that's also a new idea being brought up the fact that my audi is doing this to me and thus they are my enemy and so she wanted her to be dead like oh i'm not a person well you don't get to breathe how would you like to die today motherfucker no mark cares he's so very concerned we have what is that guy's name i always forget his name i know Hart bert that no not bert no um who it doug doug crane greener he's a weirdo too but him running he pushes mark inside he's like get on the fucking elevator is she okay is she okay and then he automatically is back in audi form and has no fucking idea the absolute mess that he left behind and the trauma that he left behind as well and then he goes to his phone and there's a lot of missed voicemails from rickon i appreciate the fact that we got to listen to every voicemail of rickon's as it continues (laughs) he is uh definitely a comedic comedic relief to this show he says it's rickon we're here i hope you can be here oh my god where are you oh my god is this your work self your work self tell him to come back they drive out to what seems as if it's some type of fortress i don't know but the fact that all women who are given birth seem to be given a map out into the middle of no fucking where and there seems to be a lot of ceremony with birth i wonder if that has something to do with uh the latter scene of babies or not babies lambs but there, I think there's a correlation there somewhere between lambs and babies. And we had Heli ask, is that what we're doing? We're killing lambs? Well, that seems silly. And I'm like, uh, what, what are they doing? Because there seems to be some type of deal going on with the fact that women, or is this just a resort type of thing? Because Rick and, and his wife are all about that alternative lifestyle. And he did mention that there are hospitals so when mark gets there he runs into alexa 
and she said you forgot i was gonna be here he's like uh kinda i'm sorry about the other day she's like it's perfectly fine i'm with Devin though i think that if he asked her out she would totally be down for it for whatever reason because <laughs> she was looking at him like i wish you would say more and he's like i don't want to say more <laughs> he then goes into ricking crying over his wife's fetus belly saying i don't want to end up like my father uh he's finally there uh homegirl wants to go get some coffee because she needs narcotics that's her narcotics is coffee because when it's time for telling the secret which is supposed to open up the air in the womb i don't know what the fuck he has such weird ideas and she totally seems to support them uh he says i'm upset that you haven't uh called to thank me about the book that i left for you four days ago he's like what book i didn't get a book he's like holy shit that was an early edition and he starts to have a panic attack about it despite his wife actually going through labor pains and she's like yeah i gotta get the fuck up out of here and away from you and i don't want you to follow me so he asked his brother-in-law to help hank help he was like for why do you really want me to explain i didn't think so just do it he explains that he understands that this might be uncomfortable for him due to the death of his wife Gemma in the hospital and that they did want to honor his wife by naming their or giving their daughter her middle name but he refused he refused stating that he doesn't want her to have the sadness over her for the rest of her life because because any mention of her sends him down a very dark depression even Devin mentions it she goes next door because they said that's a that's a nice house next door pretty rich she gets the woman of the house attention asks for some coffee it's like girl you rich because <laughs> it look like you rich also my brother is depressing me and my husband is getting on my nerves she comes back as rickon is taking a nap talks to mark mark helps her through some contractions and decides that he wants to tell a secret and he's just about to say hey lumen is up to something and tell her about Petey," but then one of her screams wakens or awakens rickon and then it's time for labor i really like the fact that the labor was all heard off screen while he was outside I, I just I thought that was a very nice touch. We've all seen what it's like to be in that delivery room. We've some of us have been there, and those is memory. That one part where he was like, "She did great. I'm about to pass out." That was so my ex, except he really did started to pass out. Because you are a bitch. And this pretty much sums out the sums up the Audi experience this week. Mark comes back to work and he is told that heli survived him going back to that moment too i feel so bad for the innies because he's stuck there and he tells her yes she did survive as soon as he gets off the elevator miss corbell is there as well as mr milichek uh, she tells him to sit down he asks if she's going to be okay it's like is she going to be able to leave now no her audi is not allowing that to happen 
and you should be more concerned about the fact that this happened on your watch mark s then she leaves him miss corbell i forgot to mention last episode or i think for a few episodes now i don't believe that she is chipped i'm not sure if milichek is as well or if the other guy uh garner greener jesus i just want to call him doug doug is either so is the people that are in charge the supervisors they don't have to go through the the severance program and what does that mean that she has such a close eye on mark what it feels more and more as if this might be some type of experiment but even that seems to be uh curved or manipulated by mrs corbell because she sends mrs casey who who the fuck is mrs casey to watch heli closely when she returns mark has a conversation with milchek where he tells him to be kind with his eyes because you're going to be the first face she sees since she has been unconscious returning four days later there's another scene when she's with doug he brings the chip to her and tells her congratulations even though it's so monotone you were correct he was reintegrated she wants to know more like who did this to them and after what happened with heli and that's when he realizes oh shit you have not told them about what's happened with heli and she wants everything before she presents it to the board since they are very adamant that reintegration is not possible and here she has the proof and he tells her you can keep that as a souvenir and do not come back and talk to her he tells her later on until (laughs) you have an answer for me oh we did see in the audi world that that pd's phone which must have the most uh iconic battery life ever to still be left on in that box in mark's house like bitch why don't you just pick that shit up just pick it up i'm sure they would have saw by now the obituary so why would they continue to call that phone unless they know he possibly reached out to mark or they know whoever they is then he meets with heli who and this is what i was just like don't be mean to mark (laughs) if anyone understands what you're going through right now at some point it's going to be the people that you're with who are living the exact same type of existence she starts messing with her eyelashes and just being overall i don't want to be here mood miss casey's like i'm authorized to give a hug so they are all starved from physical affection they do mention in the handbook that all office romances are not permitted dylan was like i'm sad today can i get a hug nope continuing on with mark he has been reading rickon's book there are some quotes in there that are somewhat you know i I just really love the idea that you have this cure type of manifesto that they've been inceptualizing and training these innies with the ideal person to live into and then here comes rickon's book which is a different psychological take on the system and the man and yet that has now become 
their bible their religion that they're all including dylan are beginning to to tap into put your faith in the light so some of the quotes here at the center of industry is dust bullies are just bull and lies a good person will follow the rules a great person will follow themselves machines cannot think for themselves and are also made of metal not skin and they cannot crucify you if your hand is in a fist i'm like yeah they can and it may not be exact crucifix crucifixion but shit they could put a nail anywhere and are you the problem or the system is the problem these are all things that are starting to make a lot of sense to mark starting to rat a lot red Dicolize him as well as dylan mark decides to give helly a break from mrs casey by choosing to spill coffee since she went in the bathroom and when she was in there she was pretty much trying to erase the marks that she she did to herself and miss casey wants to know about her experiment her experience in the bathroom and that is when he's like you know i can watch her while while you go get some more pens she says it's eight minutes away and everyone's awkwardly looking dylan's like can i go with you because you know i'm kind of feeling you girl am i wrong But she shuts down dylan very quickly <laughs> not even with an actual answer and that's when he says helly don't you want to go see this new whatever i'm trying to get you the fuck out of the room come on let's go because <laughs> she does say at least i don't have that for eight minutes as she or as he takes her to a secluded part of the building he shows her pd's map and says look i've been doing it like you've asked she's like i don't give a fuck i'm not your new pd and walks away then he chases her around which this was starting to irritate me until she revealed that it was actually an act of revenge that she was trying to do to her audi and then they stumble across a room where a man is well they hear lambs and they see a man who is (laughs) feeding lambs and he says they're not ready yet what do you mean they start to wonder holy shit is um is something going on (laughs) is this what we're doing no that's ridiculous there was also a line in rickon's book about fighting the war you're fighting for the person beside you you know that's the whole thing it's not about you it's about that other person so definitely setting in in mark's mind anyway that he's the protagonist here even though he is which i find that interesting also because we don't like there doesn't seem to be a lot of information of what happened to Gemma. we are set up to believe these are all good people but quite frankly we don't know that what makes you want to sever yourself i know i'm all for that work-life balance but fuck i'm not about to put a chip in my fucking head that's where you know why would you want what kind of person do you have to be to want to cut yourself off for eight hours a day just to focus on your job just to escape your own reality 
this is, is not okay. And once you put that solution out there in the world, how quickly do other people before maybe even in strong emotional states think about the consequence of what that actually means? You know, look how many people take drugs just to escape reality. Imagine if they're offered this. They are found by Miss Casey, who is very happy that they are okay, that they didn't hurt themselves. And she admits that she was afraid of that happening. But it looks like Helly finally has a reason to, to stay because she says, Mark, I'll help you with PD's map because your drawing is shit. So that finally gets her back engaged in trying to you know you don't have to do this by yourself you have someone else that can help you let's talk about our other (laughs) innies this week dylan and irving dylan had a great had some great lines this episode when he knocked over the coffee he's like you're probably drunk what did your breath smell like when you came in today (laughs) he's always thinking that mark must be this type of shit person you know it's always food poison or this that and the other thing he also is reading the book and not telling everybody on the dl he says that he really loves his job he says that he understands why helly would be suicidal because all she, but all she needs to do is get some perks he wouldn't know what to do if he didn't have perks maybe you should get her one of the the hand things or the finger traps so maybe someone should allow her to borrow a finger trap not me because it was my own, it was my idea <laughs> uh he then gets concerned and caught up in the whole irving of it all so irving is at his desk when he begins to hallucinate that black shit once again it's coming out of the ceilings it's coming out of mark's eye the visuals are very trippy in this show i haven't talked about the the intro at all mainly because i watched it once and then i skip it but i do like the intro i know that intros are some people like them some people don't some people like for dark it would set up the the scene and the season it's nice to go back and look at it i'm not the the hugest intro fan that's just me personally <laughs> but i can't appreciate when it looks great but then I, it's a one-time experience i don't need to see it every time so irving says he needs to go talk to bert in o and d because you know he's like i need to get some counsel mark's like fine but make a copy of the map so that we know how to find you when he makes a copy of the map two photos come out and it looks like the the ond massacre that dylan has been whispering about because he's the gossip and knows everything and we find out that this was milchek running a 266 which the fuck on irving something he thought was necessary to dissuade the budding relationship between irving and bert something that harmony says is good initiative but milchek seems to have an issue with that he also didn't have a really game face when it came to her saying because he says why is miss casey down there 
I'm trying something new with her. Mia's like, right. This better be on par with the board. Then, and we see that she's been watching everything. So, whatever she's doing, whatever she's facilitating, everything's not happening not under her watch even though there are certain people that is supposed to be in charge of other things it would turn it turns out because doug shows up like are you seeing what's happening in mdr right now well i thought that's supposed to be your department (laughs) and he says how many departments are you going to allow them to find and she says a line about you know sometimes it's better to let them be free before reining them in something to that effect like i'm gonna let this shit play out and i need to be able to anticipate these types of because you know if we're gonna do this eventually you have to be aware of the fact that your people are gonna rebel they're gonna find independence because that's just what humankind does they have free will it's not very easy to take that shit away you cannot eradicate it but I think that she wants to anticipate such eradication and I do think that she takes a lot of enjoyment of being in control in the way she says uh what did she oh damn I wish I wrote it down because when Doug came in she's like good boy or something to that effect it was it's weird (laughs) it's so weird what's going on with Harmony but Irving or Mrs. Casey comes back and tells Irving that Bert is in the in the conference room he was talking to himself he decides to go find him Dylan's not about that life we find out a little bit later Uh, he's also scared about the fact that he thinks the massacre might have actually happened he discussed with Dylan in (laughs) in one of the little storage closets and he's like look we need the they're the enemy and they clearly massacred all those people and that could happen to us and this is why we shouldn't like they're spreading this propaganda between the departments to keep them from interacting about each other and once again that analogy to lambs like these are not sophisticated people they're kind of like toddlers in their mindsets and thus they're so easily deceived but they also do have that autonomy which i don't think it should be underestimated which is where i think harmony is stepping in whatever she intends to do with the board (laughs) Uh, i do think that her and the board are not as friendly as one would think uh he goes to talk to bert like what are you doing here dylan locks him in like nope that's the fucking enemy i don't trust him uh he's probably plotting heli and mark have disappeared i loved everything about bert and irving they're just so adorable together he's like i wanted to come over and talk to you you hadn't talked to me in a few days i thought something's wrong i didn't want to make you feel um afraid he's like i wasn't afraid like when i touched your hand and he's like no i was i didn't want to embarrass you it's like i'm not embarrassed but he says i also was freaking out about the and i lied about the people in my department how many people were there because we actually hear really weird stories about you guys as well that you have pouches that you <laughs> that larva have taken over your bodies the best scene is when 
when Irving put his hand to the glass and he cupped his thing and like Dylan can't hear him like why did you lie about the people how many people in your department he's like I wanted to tell you a joke that's why I was in here and (laughs) Dylan says what's the joke let's hear it (laughs) he's like I wasn't finished with it yet it's like what is wrong with your friend and then he walks around we need a supervisor oh my god we need a supervisor I love Irving so much and Bert and Dylan (laughs) those are my three faves so having them all in the scene together was just absolute golden uh Irving's kind of like uh he notices that he's sweet on Irving is sweet on Bert he's like you don't approve I know it's not okay it's almost like no bruh you're my peoples and I want to protect my people and I think that he's dangerous so I don't care who the fuck you like (laughs) and so because he knows that his friend's only looking out for him but he also really likes Bert he takes his belt and puts his hands behind his back as they walk him back to O&D He's like, I can't believe you had to do this, but they both think it's pretty funny about the fact that there seems to be this conspiracy between the departments that they shouldn't trust each other. He invites Dylan and Irving into uh, MDR. He shows him a painting. They talk about Kier. And Bert seems to know a little bit more because he says that the story of Kier and his his romance the one woman was just something they they met over commerce and he's like no they they met as co-workers and this is inspiring their love story and you see irving going over and touching his hands and i was like oh my shipper heart it's tearing up my heart when i'm with you but when we are apart i feel it However, Dylan very coincidentally happens to come across the one painting in there out of the mini that is the exact replica of the one that was printed out, which Dylan thinks this is proof about the massacre. However, Irving with the better eye is like, no, this is not the same. Actually, this this is saying that we're the ones that are responsible for the massacre and then that's when they begin to wonder what the fuck why would they oh i guess it was baby goats that were they were feeding not lambs are baby goats called lambs though i have to google that later but yeah there there's he's like yeah no we never put this copy up at all it shows that MDR employees are massacring O&D employees. The other one showed O&D employees massacring MDR employees. And that's when they realized, you know what? I'm about to introduce you to this back room and introduces them as friends. And that's how we end the episode. <laughs> Even Felicia over there was like, the fuck? But this is all part of Harmony's plan and something that she tells Doug don't worry about just come back and talk to me when you figure out who's behind that chip I need to worry about these particular problems and I'm letting them all play out I have so many questions who is Gemma uh who is she really who is Mrs. Casey 
and is she kind of like mrs harmony's spy since she says she's utilizing her in a different way uh what is doug really to mrs harmony or to mrs harmony it's mrs corbell it feels like they have a little bit of a personal um almost somewhat romantic uh playful manner with each other but that could just be like boss and you know she seems like the dominatrix type (laughs) to have all men under her in that capacity because she definitely does that shit with mark all the time and why does irving continue to hallucinate this black liquid what the hell is that i cannot wait for the next episode which will be coming next friday i'm really sad that we're already halfway through the season and i can't wait to figure out where this fucking leads so if you want to send feedback for our next episode blackercouch at gmail.com or leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease blacker magic